the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Always good to have Larry Rosenthal here in the studio with us. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Well, so far, I'm uh, I'm doing all right, pushing some buttons here, getting everything dialed in, <laughs> you know. You're pretty good every Saturday morning at pushing my buttons. <laughs> I gonna, I <laughs> How's gonna, that? I am not going to touch that one. <laughs> there you go. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly right, exactly right. So there you are. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. You can, uh, you know, open mic Saturday. Again, I always enjoy Saturday mornings because it's whatever you want to talk about. Our show here is to deliver to you proper financial education, uh, tell you the things maybe sometimes your advisor won't tell you, maybe sometimes the Wall Street won't tell you, but we're going to deliver to you whatever proper financial education you need in order to get you where you want to be with your financial planning goals and objectives and things like that. Again, I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA, channel 105.1 FM in the D.C., Baltimore area, as well as this is our two-year anniversary weekend Woo-hoo! on Sirius XM Satellite, going nationwide, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, Chris, as you always like to say, on Family Talk channel 131. And since we're hey, on let's... YouTube, you really should probably put on the hat. I mean, you know. You want me to put the hat yeah, on? I think you should put on the hat. Jim All right, it's well, an we'll put the hat thing. on. You know, we also stream live on MakingMoneySense.com, <laughs> and Chris is wanting me to wear this cowboy hat today. Okay, not anymore. <laughs> so I've got it on there. How's that sound, right? You want me to take it off now? All right, yeah, I'm taking it, it off. It's good. It's all good. There you go. There good. you go. So, hey, you can also check it out to see how a, a radio show streams live here if you wanted to go check it out on the Internet at www.MakingMoneySense.com, the name of the show. Let's open up the phone lines here with any of your calls that you want to give us uh, this morning with any of your financial planning questions on what's going on in the markets, the economy, estate planning, 401ks, Roth conversions, beneficiary forms, whatever it may be. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. So we've got a call on the line right now from Maryland. Let's welcome Charlie on the line. Good morning, Charlie. How are you today? Hi. My uh, question is related to an annuity. Back in February, an elderly uncle of mine uh, passed away. And um, 
he had five different uh, pockets of money where people were designated primary beneficiaries, my, my being one. Two of the five uh, ended up getting a statement at the time of distribution. I did not inherit the annuity. I just got, in my case, one-fifth of the proceeds of the whatever the annuity payout was. And, but I got a statement from two, two of these situations in one case, $8,000, in another case, $2,000, rounding off things, would be subject to tax at the end of the year. So my question is, I've never had a, a, a distribution from an entity. I've never owned one. And my question is, can that be offset by capital losses like when you buy and sell stock? So it depends on the – first of all, the origin of the annuity. Was it an IRA annuity or a non-IRA annuity? Uh, beats me. <laughs> so the answer to your question is yes. Eventually, it's all going to net out. Long-term gains versus short-term gains will all net out. But the taxation of an annuity goes against your ordinary income taxes. It's not a capital gains tax. If the annuity – if the origins of the money in the annuity was IRA money – in other words, it's never been taxed before, then 100% of it's going to be subject to taxes. But if he put money into the annuity, let's say he put $10,000 into the annuity, and when he passed away it was worth 15000 and then you were to receive your piece of that annuity, okay, then two-thirds of that money would be tax-free to you. You only have to pay tax on the gain of that annuity because the principal went in already after tax. So well, I need to find out case, the origins of how that is, okay? But it will hit your tax return as ordinary income when it comes down to it, okay? Uh, there's also, when you take a look at a, an annuity, uh, somebody who's a non-spouse beneficiary receiving an annuity, you don't have to take all of it at once. You can stretch it out over a five-year period of time if you wanted to simply by contacting the annuity company and saying, hey, listen, you know, I want to take advantage of the five-year distribution rule that an annuity offers these days. You can do that, too, Charlie. That'll help lower your taxes. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's, you know, uh, a whole lot of dollars, but uh, you, you do have that option on the other annuity contracts that you may have. But find out the origin of the money first, and that'll dictate the taxes on the back end of it for you. Now, in one case, the um, the annuity paid out. I got seventeen thousand and odd some dollars, of which eight thousand dollars of something said that would be subject to tax, and I'd be getting something at the end of the year. Yes. So that that sounds like to me it was a non-IRA annuity, and they right. will send you a ten ninety nine R form at the end of the year yeah. to go on your taxes for for that for that so gain that was inside the annuity. If I have eight thousand dollars of loss. And selling a stock that will offset that. So the you know I'm I I don't do tax returns. I I have to look at your entire tax return. But you if you do have losses, you can you can carry that down onto your tax return uh, to help offset any other tax liabilities that you may have. All right, thank you. But you know you want you want to talk to your CPA tax preparer first right. to make sure you know I. I Everybody's tax return is so different. You know, I don't want to give you any information that you that 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 would not be correct for you. If you do your own taxes, then then just do a mock tax return in in your tax software, or just contact a CPA and just simply ask him 
who's been doing your taxes to say, hey, here's my deal. How can I offset some of this? All right? Yep. Thank you just Appreciate the phone call. Thanks yep. for giving us a ring. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, you know what? like to start the show off each week with phone calls. Uh, yeah, so- nice. Sounds good. Yeah. like to give out the, the information. You know, I also want to start yeah, each week. We also always, you know, start with what's going on in the markets, the economy. And the markets have been pulling back here the last few trading sessions. And the question is why? What does that mean? What's happening? People are talking about, oh, are we going to go back and test the lows again of March? You know, I, I hope not. I don't think anybody hopes that that happens, right? Mm. Uh, you know, not not too sure. Um, the 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 news came out this past week, which kind of got got things a little, you know, a little little twisted up in the markets, a little anxiety. The markets are having to digest some new language from the Fed. And and the Fed is talking about, you know, keeping interest rates very, very low for an extended period of time and letting inflation run hot. In other words, the Fed is trying to get a targeted 2% rate of inflation. If, if we can have a 2% rate of inflation normally in an economy, then that's, that's an economy that's healthy, it's productive, it's growing organically, it's producing uh, jobs, wages will be rising. All the good stuff that we've been going over the la- you know going through the last few years, right? Very very good stuff. But we we've ha- we've had trouble getting our economy to a two percent inflation level consistently over time for the last you know ten twelve years or so. And so the Fed is now coming out with sort of a different type of an approach now, saying that that they're going to keep the gears of the economy greased for a while by keeping monetary policy very accommodative or interpreting that into very low interest rates and the Fed backstopping things and continuing to keep the economy engineered. They want to try to get inflation running 3, 4, maybe even 5% at some point down the road, maybe 2021, 2022, 2023, so that looking back in time, we have an average of inflation at 2%. So so that kind of took Wall Street by surprise a little bit and and uh, mixed emotions on that. What does that mean? How does that look? And and and. Uh, but bottom line is, capital is going to be very low to 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 acquire. Very you know very accommodative. So so we're we're going to get used to this new Fed type of a policy here going forward. And uh, rates are going to remain low for some time. Which means, what does that mean for you as an investor? What does that mean for you as a saver? If you're trying to save money in banks or in bond yields. You know, they're going to be very, very low for some time to come. And and so you're going to have to look at getting used to taking a little bit of risk in the stock market. Now, just because you talk about stocks doesn't mean you have to get crazy risky or anything like that. There's stable stocks where the, the principal value doesn't move too much, dividend-paying stocks where you can earn some income along the way. So lots of choices still to figure it out. But, you know, you got to take a look at, at monetary policy, what the Fed is doing, fiscal policy, what's coming out of the White House, tax and spend with Congress, and then corporate earnings, and put all those three together and really x-ray them you know, day in and day out, week in and week out, quarter in and quarter out. That's going to give us some insight into some things that are going on. You know, Also, uh, we're looking at uh, uh, OPEC is talking about a, a demand drop worldwide in, in Asian countries as well as India and keeping the price of oil down, you know, and that's an issue, too, when you take a look at the price of energy is if, if you don't have a worldwide demand for energy and energy prices aren't being jacked up all the time, net-net for the American consumer, that's a wonderful thing. 
But for other nations, it's not so good who rely on proceeds from the energy industry. But when energy prices are low or dropping, that's a deflationary effect. In other words, that helps the American dollar in our society go further, you know, because it doesn't cost as much to go to the grocery store and buy things that are being shipped there because energy prices all around are less expensive. So, so that's kind of a good, you know, good thing from, from net net for, from a consumer. That's probably leading into some of the Fed talk about wanting to get inflation, quote unquote, running hot over the next few years. And, and at some point, you know, they will put the brakes on the economy, but we've got a long way to go before that happens. You know, traditionally, when you see a spike in unemployment, when we go into a recession, and then after we come out of a recession, which is what we have done now technically, unemployment numbers start to come back down again. Traditionally, the Fed doesn't start to raise rates again until unemployment gets back down to that 5%-ish level and uh, we've still got a few ways you know a little bit of a ways to go there with unemployment being at 8.9 right now so we'll have to wait and see how this this thing plays out but you know it looks like uh, the Fed's behind us uh, you know with with the economy and and you know the Fed was talking about you know wanting to continue to see the 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 improvement up and down the socioeconomic level you know some interesting numbers came out from the US census this past week which uh, I, I thought was I was uh, you know looking to see what this was and it was pretty pretty interesting. So this is a government release snapshot of the 2019 census. You know this is kind of some of the nerdy stuff we get to read when we're looking to manage money and do financial planning and investment strategies. But the median income, the median income rose from 64,000 up to 68,000 last year. It's a 6.8 percent increase. Highest jump, highest single jump year over year since 1967. Do you do you wake, lay lay awake at night uh, with percentages in your head? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I don't lay awake with percentages in my head, but I do a lot of them in my head, Chris. Uh, you know, as cool. far as all that goes. Yeah. So, so hey, that's kind of kind of interesting. Good uh, good news there. So you know, keep our eyes on the Fed. Let's let's make sure that our investments are are where they need to be. I see we got to take a quick break here. Let's open those phone lines back up. And for your calls here on Open Mic Saturday, give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions. If you have questions on the market, the economy, this this event that we're going to be having in November, I, I think uh, something's coming up, Chris, in November. Uh, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. There yeah. Um, maybe Turkey there's day. something else going on. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the election today uh, <laughs> with, with things. That seems to be in the news. And, Another and, kind and, of turkey uh, day. Yeah. More and more, the, you know, it's staring us down, down the road. People are asking all kinds of questions. What does this mean for the markets, the economy, all that kind of stuff? Anyway, give us a call with any of your financial planning, estate planning, investment, retirement questions at 855-ROSE-123. That- Five five seven six seven three one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your making money sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. More yeah. making money it's sense in a moment.
It's 2020, and there are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Give us a call with any of your questions that you have at any time. 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. Hey, you know, we get a lot of people that go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, during the show, and they click us off. They, they sign up for our newsletter. Feel free to do that. Uh, again, go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our monthly newsletter. There's no cost for it. We send out, you know, uh, a, a financial planning educational piece once a month. If you're there, go ahead and visit us and, and, and follow us and like us on Facebook. Uh, we do the same thing there. We'll send out a, a corporate uh, little newsletter every once in a while just to give you some education on on things and what's happening in the markets and the economy speaking of the what's happening in the markets and the economy there's becoming a new conversation in the stock market now about the difference between value and growth value and growth investing you know growth investing when, when you say growth investing people think oh i want my money to grow well the money can grow but there's two broad categories of stock, I, I guess you can call it. One is called value orientation, and the other one's called growth orientation. You know, when, when you take a look at the, the, the focus of the difference between value and growth, the focus on, on a value stock is the intrinsic value. What is that stock really worth today versus a growth stock, looking at the potential of the growth of that stock? Okay, and they're priced differently in the marketplace. And 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 when you, well, I'm going to sort of go down the list here of the differences between the two. And when we take a look at what's happened over the last 12 years, which side has won, value or growth? When is the time for for you to be a, a growth slanted investor versus a value slanted investor? Why do things look to be undervalued or overvalued? We're going to be talking about all this today because we're starting to hear more and more of this in the financial press, and it's confusing people. I want to make sure that you have your proper diversification with it all. Let's welcome Dina on the line from Missouri. Good morning, Dina. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you this morning? Looking at buying a couple little houses to turn into Airbnbs, 
they need some remodeling done. My husband and I can do this ourselves. Didn't know the best way to get the money to buy them, if we should take out a new loan with a bank or finance company, or we have a little equity in our home now is trying to get, you know, cash from the equity of our home. What would be the best way to get the money to buy these Airbnbs and pick them up? Well, Dina, that sounds like a fun project, you know, Airbnb. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so one of the things I would I would take a look at is setting up, you know, uh, an S-Corp or an LLC corporation inside that uh, to put the properties inside there for yourself. Then you'd be treating it like a business. So then you have to take a look at the source of the funds. And the question becomes, is it cheaper for you to use your own capital out of your savings and your investments or to take a loan against your own home and put that money in there, okay? Right. And, and it's all going to boil down to what your monthly obligation cost is. So if you have money in, a, in, let's say, in a stock account and you pull that money out, let's suppose, let's just do simple math and say you have $100,000 in the stock account, okay? And you pull that money out, okay, what would that money be worth 10 years from now? Well, if it grows at 7% roughly, it's going to be doubled. It'll be worth $200,000. Versus if you have that $100,000 sitting inside a checking account, what's it going to be worth 10 years from now? Probably $100,000, right? Because it's not going to grow that much, okay? So, so if you're looking to use your own source of capital, you want to use the source of capital that's going to be least taxing to you to get your hands on it and the least propensity to grow. Make sense? Then the second premise of this is OPM, other people's money. Why don't we take a look also at leveraging from the bank? If we were to get a loan from the bank, either using your home equity loan or something like that, now your risk, your monthly cash flow is just what that monthly payment is, and you have your own proceeds either in your investment or bank account backing it up should you want to pay that off early. But a lot of times people will take, take the loan, and, and if you can make the monthly cash flow, uh, that's probably the way that you may want to look at starting that. Uh, if you like, I'd be happy to have one of our advisors reach out to you and sort of break this down a little bit more uh, in, yeah. in, in our financial planning toolkit. Would that be okay? That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, sounds like a fun project, too. We, we, we like Airbnb. Sounds like a, a good, good time for you and your husband. Dina, let me, let me go ahead and put you on hold, and Bob will get some basic information from you. We'll have someone reach out to you next week and take a deeper dive into your situation, okay? I appreciate that. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's shoot on over to Pennsylvania and welcome Patty on the line. Good morning, Patty. How are you today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How can I help you? Um, I just, um, my, I'm 55, my husband's 56, and um, it's, interesting that you were just talking to a person with their airbnb because we have a place that we rent out in costa rica but that's not my question that's a, a side you know project that we're doing right now until we can eventually retire there um i'm a rn and a yoga instructor and a wellness coach so we wanted to eventually be a wellness retreat um based on christian beliefs um however my question is we kind of have like $20,000 that we just were like, you know, because of the interest rates, because of your question, because of what you were talking about, like five minutes before that, before the Airbnb person, 
you know, you went through a few uh, interest rates and they're probably going to stay where they are. So you're not going to be making a lot of money, you know, in a savings account right now. So my husband and I do not know anything about stocks. We don't, we're not gambling people. We've always viewed it as like a gamble. So um, I was just wondering, curiosity-wise, what you would recommend if someone said, I have 20000 you know, ten to $20,000 that I want to invest into a stable stock that's going to have a good return in like 10, maybe 10 years. Is, is there anything out there like that? Sure, Patty. There's a ton of stuff out there like that, and and there's also a ton of stuff to stay away from as well, okay? and right. so Exactly. So let's sort of break this down a little bit here. You have money sitting in the bank right now, and you're not happy with the rate of return of the bank. But at the same time, right. you're asking the question, hey, Larry, is there a place that I can take one step away, just one step away from the bank, and get a better rate of return? And the answer is yes, Okay, but it's not guaranteed. Your principal's not guaranteed. Now, your principal's guaranteed in the bank, right? But the rate of return's not satisfactory. So what do we do? Right. So if we take one step away from the bank, now maybe we can get two and a half, three and a half, four, you know, rate percent rate of return roughly. But your principal's going to bounce up and down just a little bit. But 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 what I mean by your principal moving up and down is maybe a penny every several days per share up and down. Not much at all. Matter of fact, you won't, probably won't even notice it month by month on your statement. Then the next question is, well, what happens, Larry, if I take two steps away from the bank? Now I can get a little bit higher interest, and then my principal moves a little bit more each month. What happens if I take three steps away from the bank? Now my principal gets more bouncy, and my interest gets a little bit higher possibly, right? So the bottom right. line is this, is, is we need to illustrate for you what the bank looks like and what one step away from the bank looks like, what two steps away from the bank looks like, keeping your money liquid all the time. So it's not hard to do. A lot of people will move their cash reserves into one or two steps away from the bank simply because they want to get a little bit higher interest rate and the bank's not paying that for you. Uh, Patty, right. I can go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll have somebody reach out to you and show you these different steps that I'm talking about to get a little bit okay. more money on your cash reserves for you and, and give you some education. Okay. How's that sound? Thank you so much. God bless. You too. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you, and then we'll have someone reach out to you next week. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. Let's welcome Denise on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Denise. How are you today? Whoop, Denise, you there? I don't know if we missed her or not here. Yes, I'm know. here, Larry. Oh, Whoop, okay. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How can I help you? Thank you for taking our calls this morning. I have a quick sure. question. I have um, a niece that will be going to college in about three years. And I have some money that I want to contribute to the first year of her college fund. And I'm just trying to figure out where I can invest that money for three years. I'm sort of thinking I should just kind of keep it in something very safe because of the fact that it's a very short term that I'm going to need it within three years. I'm thinking about keeping it in something safe like a, a CD or something just general where it's going to be, um, I'll get a little interest, but. You know, it's not volatile to the market. I'm just wondering, are there any other options of what I can do for something I'm going to need in three years? 
First of all, Denise, I, I really appreciate your thinking that the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative it has to be positioned. Without a doubt, that's the correct thought pattern as far as that goes. Taking the money, and you can put it into a college 529 plan, okay? okay? And that 529 plan has a spectrum of risk investments, anything from very conservative to moderate to very growth-oriented, Okay. And if you put something in the 529 plan that's conservative, you'll get a little bit of interest similar to what you would get at the bank or whatever, but it's going to grow tax deferred for you. So you don't have to pay taxes on it each year. And when you pull it out for qualified educational expenses, the money's going to come out tax free. So I would explore a 529 college plan and, and, and basically you can put the dollars in there and it'll be, they have pre-built portfolios. A lot of them do where you can say what okay. year do you want the money, in, in this case 2023 20, or 2024, 20, whatever it may be, um, and, and then they'll have that model already built in there for you on a conservative basis since it's so short in time. Uh, so that's one, one scenario that you would look at uh, as far as that goes. And I see you're in Maryland. They have some good plans in Maryland too. Uh, we, have, we have an office okay. over there, so we're very familiar with it. If you want, I'll put you on hold, and we'll have somebody give you the information next week. We'll have Bob reach out to you and get you the information next week on the 529 options for, for your, uh, your niece. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds great. But let me just make sure I understand, too. You said if I put the money into that 529, I will not have to pay any taxes on it when I take it out? As long as the money comes out for qualified educational expenses. Like if you yeah. pull the money out to buy her a red Corvette, then you're going to have to pay oh, taxes oh, on oh, the oh. growth plus a 10% penalty. But if you're paying tuition and books and things like that, then it's going to come mm -hmm. out tax-free for you. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so when you take it out, it, it obviously you have to pay from the fund to the college, directly to the college, whatever it is. Yes, and you have two choices to do that. What we do with our clients a lot of times, Denise, is we'll just go ahead. They'll call up and they'll say, hey, I need X amount of dollars for tuition. We just go ahead and have the 529 pay it directly to the college. That way there's no IRS tracking documents that you have to have. Or you could pull it out, put it in your own checking account, and send it to the college, and then you got to keep track of all the, the, the paperwork if you ever get audited. That's what I'm wondering about, the tracking. Mm -hmm. Yep, okay. no, no, the tracking's okay. all set up for you. It's very, very good. It's very, very efficient. Th these are good, good plans. You know, the, the mm -hmm. biggest part of the plan decision is making sure that you're in the right model based off of your time. Exactly. And you've already got that knocked off because you, you recognize, hey, I don't want too much risk. I want a little growth. Well, let's get a little growth on a yeah. tax-free side of things. How's that sound? Yes, that sounds good. And for any short-term investments, is it about five years that if you need the money within about five years, you should kind of keep it conservative? Is that the I, I would agree. So, yes, I would agree with that in most cases. Now, it depends on cash flow, and it also depends on, on you know, if, if you want to get a little bit of interest, just like I was talking to another caller, one step away from the bank, two steps away from the bank, that type of thing. Um, but, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars need to be positioned, because you don't you don't want to you don't want to save and then eight you know five months before something happens in the market and then boom you lose fifteen percent of of what you had that doesn't make sense to me. I'm more of the financial type of of an advisor that says to people, hey if 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 you got a ten thousand dollar bill due you know next next June, 
put it in the bank, yeah. okay, and pay the Absolutely. bill. You know, so so that's 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 how I, I I tend to look at it there. But we'll give you some information. Let me put you on hold, Denise. Bob will get your contact information. And we'll we'll have someone reach out to you next week with the five twenty nine plan information. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Let's welcome Ron on the line from Oklahoma. Good morning, Ron. How are you today? Hey, doing all right, fellas. Thank you for taking the call. Absolutely. How can I help um, you, sir? Okay, so I was listening a little while ago. Uh, I heard you talking about uh, the uh, percentage rate staying low. Does this also, does that kind of translate into keeping oil and gas prices low as well? Well, um, it no, it doesn't. And the Fed lowering interest rates isn't going to affect oil and gas prices. Really, the oil and gas prices are based off of supply and demand. And oil and gas, okay. right now, there there's a, a very large supply around the world, and the demand is not there. So prices remain low. As, and as energy prices continue to remain low, it flows opposite of what you were thinking about, Ron. As energy prices continue to remain low, that's a deflationary effect in the U.S. economy, okay? And it makes our dollars go uh, further, which then helps our economy grow and expand. Now, it hurts the energy companies, but it doesn't hurt the overall economy in the U.S. And then when our, our economy expands and grows, we could end up with some inflation, and the Fed could actually raise interest rates. But right now, in this environment we're in, with unemployment very high still, they're not going to be raising rates for quite some time to come, especially with what Powell said, the, you know, uh, Chairman Jerome Powell said the other day. So energy prices are reflective of supply and demand, not what the Fed is doing with their overnight lending rates in, in the bank. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, it helps. I, I just I know I heard you saying something about, uh, you know, uh, the United States keeping energy costs down. Um, does it look like, do you think that uh, energy prices, as far as natural gas and oil goes, is going to stay down for quite some time? Well, nobody knows, but I, that's my thought, is I think, you know, when you take a look at the supply and the demand, not only here in the country, but worldwide, you know, let's face it, right now with, with COVID, you know, a lot of people are getting three weeks to the gallon of gas, right? You know, people just aren't right, out right, driving right, as yep. as much. So so that is a deflationary yeah. effect on supply and demand. That means prices are going to drop. So so oil prices are, are mainly driven off of supply and demand, not what the Fed is doing. And that's what we have to keep our eye on. And then, then you take a look at OPEC talking about Asian countries as well as uh, in India, supply waning there, too. So so there's a supply of oil around the world. Supply of energy is around the world, and that's going to keep prices uh, low for some time. Net-net to you and I as an American consumer, that's a great thing. But to some OPEC nations who use the proceeds of energy to help supplement their society, that's not such a good thing. But here in the States, it's right, a good thing. Right. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Well, I don't know. I'll just I'll – just... I'll keep trusting Jesus and uh, just move, keep moving on. Thank you, fellas, very much. Absolutely. You know, that, that, that is the thing to do. You know, Jesus said pretty clearly, man cannot live by bread alone, right, but by every yeah. word that comes out of the Lord, right? That, that, that's exactly I'm, I'm right. In Matthew 4.4, 4, I think. Yep, yep. That's what we need to keep our, 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 our eyes on. You know, John, 
Even Ron, even in John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So you hit the nail right on the head, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm thankful that he's in control and I'm not. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, definitely. Hey, Ron, if you'd like, we'd be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit if you want. That'll help you sort of build out a financial plan and have someone uh, follow up with you. Let me let me put you on hold and and uh, Bob will get some uh, basic info from you and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Let me put you on hold. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Dial us up with any of your financial planning or investment questions. It's Open Mic Saturday. No questions. No hole bar. No holes are barred. Let's welcome Charles on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Charles. How are you? Good morning. I'm thankful. That's a good thing. So am I. How can I help you, sir? Yes, sir. I'm uh, 61 uh, years of age, got 29 years in the federal government, thinking of uh, leaving, retiring in six or seven years. I've got a daughter in a special needs school, uh, real low tuition, $14,000, but I don't have it in our budget. I was thinking of taking some of uh, my retirement out uh, and doing something with it, even during this election season, to be able to uh, quickly recoup $14,000 and put the $100,000 or whatever back into retirement uh, after three or four months. Uh, am I talking about a uh, some type of scheme that I would go to Atlantic City to, <laughs> to have happen? Or is there something reasonable that I could do with uh, stocks or uh, with trading that would be able to recoup me the 14 grand or so using $100,000, $150,000 as a base? Charles, it depends on how much money. First of all, I wouldn't do the Atlantic City deal, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> okay. But it, it, it depends on, on how much risk and capital you have to to talk about. You know, when you said $100,000, my mind was going. Then when you said $150,000, it got a little bit easier in my mind as far as calculating the numbers go. So so how much money is in the – how much assets do you have? How much money in, in all your different investments all over do you have? Uh, about uh, 900000 Now, that's so, retirement. I understand. So if we take a look mm -hmm. at the $900,000 and we need to come up with, with 14000 right, um, then we right. need to figure out what rate of return do we need to get. So collectively in a pool of, of $900,000, you need to get a 1.5% rate collectively across all 900000 to deliver $14,000 a year to you. And then that 1.5% okay. doesn't sell off any shares of ownership. So we're just taking a look okay. at getting dividends or interest paying this bill for your daughter, right? Okay. Now the next question okay. yes. is where is this money located? If, if it's in non-IRA accounts, then it's taxed a certain way. If it's in IRA or retirement plan accounts, it's taxed a different way. But the bottom line is this is, well, what happens if we take it, you know, I don't know how old you are, if you're over 59 and a half or if you're if, if you you have access to these dollars, you know, I, I need to dive in a little bit further. But if we as an example here, if we were to take 
you know, uh, the 14,000 and maybe goose it up a little bit to, to maybe 18,000, 19,000 so that you pay tax on it, you know, now you're looking at about a 2% distribution. So if you take 2% out of all of this, not only will you cover the tax from an IRA, but you'll have your daughter's tuition paid for in, in, in what she needs. And basically you're doing that from interest. So you could look at dividend paying stocks inside your investments to actually pay the tuition for you without you selling off any ownership at all of shares. And that's the way we need to sort of attack this situation is to have a stable, balanced type of a repeatable uh, or I should say reliable uh, dividend paying uh, for, for this, not only if it's a tax issue, but but the actual tuition. That's the way it needs to be done. So, Charles, if you if you, you know, the, I, I need to really sit down and take a look at the makeup of of your investments, where they are, and how we can maybe rebalance some things into that type of a scenario. Does that help? That does help. I am looking, however, at a um, at a horizon. Uh, the tax, the tuition bills are due every month now. She's in school. We've been able to take care of the first two or three, so I'm not. Well, I guess there are some things that I could do to defray the cost for two or three months, uh, but just saying that I don't necessarily. Uh, well, I guess I could have a year to um, recoup this two percent and just repay whatever uh, resources I used to pay the tuition immediately because. The, due, yes, that, the next that, bill is due October 1st. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it, too, is you can get these monthly distributions out of the account, too. You can do that through okay. systematic withdrawal plans. So, see, there's okay. three or four choices here that, that you might not be aware of to, to, to satisfy the need that you have. Okay? There, there's income-producing okay. investments out there that, that, that might be able to help you with this. I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on hold, Charles, and Bob will get some of your contact information. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and take a deep dive into this for you and show you how it all works, okay? Larry, excellent. I thank you for the time and information. Absolutely. Appreciate it. You have a great weekend. Let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, we were talking a little bit ago about the difference, Chris, between value and growth-oriented investments, right? Value and growth-oriented investments. This is sort of all over the news these days. Uh, for those of you that are out there watching the stock channels and listening on the radio and all that kind of stuff, what's the difference between value and growth? Uh, we're going to talk about that right after the break here. We've got a quick break coming up, so go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. 
Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Sorry, Delaney, I'm just sitting here listening to the music, you know, playing the keyboards, just having a great time here. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, if you want to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us today. Larry? Sure, Chris. You know, we were talking before the break about the difference between value and growth investing. And growth investing, pretty much for the last 10, 12 years, has outpaced value investing. What is the difference here? You know, when, when somebody says, oh, that's a good value in that stock, or how do they come up with it's a good value versus, oh, I want a growth stock. What does that look like? You know, so the focus on value is basically, as I was mentioned a little while ago, is the intrinsic value. What's the stock worth today versus a growth stock looking at it going, you know, I see a lot of growth potential in this. Maybe this company's coming out with a new widget, a new technology, things like that. What about timing? You know, when, when you look at, at the timing, how is a growth stock? How is a value stock different from a growth stock as far as timing goes? Now, I'm not talking about timing on when to buy it. I'm talking about timing now. If I own a value stock, I'm getting current value out of that stock, and I'm getting it through dividends, right? I'm getting it through more stable price and dividends, whereas timing on a growth stock, I'm looking down the road for my future value. I'm looking at this stock to grow over time and not necessarily pay me any dividends now. I'm going to make money through capital appreciation of the share price. Hmm. So so when you look at the difference at this point of the conversation between between value and growth, growth is not going to deliver current income today, but your value, your more stable stocks are going to deliver current income today through that of dividends. What about pricing in the market? When you look at a at, at a at a value stock, you say, you know what, that, that stock looks pretty good as far as the value of it goes. It's usually undervalued. In other words, you're getting a value stock, a dividend payer, usually when it's undervalued to its intrinsic value. On the other side, a growth stock is probably fair valued or overvalued. And today, this is my point, this is why we're starting to hear this stuff, this conversation come up between value and growth stocks in the marketplace, okay, we're, 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 We've seen such a wide gap in this snapback in the market, okay? Everything's been on the growth side, and value stocks have been pounded. Mm. They're still very undervalued. And when you take a look at the rate of return year-to-date, and I'm just going to give you some averages here, between value stocks, value stocks are still down double digits year-to-date, whereas growth stocks are up double digits year-to-date. You know, you've got a 20% gap 
in rate of return performance. And we're starting to hear in the, in the markets now, we're starting to hear this rotation from growth over to value. But I have to tell you, since March 23rd, when we hit the bottom in, in the COVID crisis, okay, we've had four failed attempts in the market to move from growth to value. Hmm. So, so it's very interesting when you take a look at this as to, you know, can we buy some of these value stocks today and get a huge discount on the price of entry right now? The answer is yes. The question becomes, when does that value stock pop up and give us that capital gain that we want it to have? And now we have to dive a little bit further down and take a look into the economics of what's going on in the market and the economy, okay? Let's look at risks, first of all, so far. One of the risks in assessing a value stock is assessing it wrong. And what I mean by that is, hey, you know what? There's a reason that this company, XYZ, is so undervalued right now. There's a reason there's been a lot of sellers in this stock. Maybe it's in an industry. Maybe it's in a sector. Maybe it's got poor management, and none of those things are doing well, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason always why these stocks are undervalued. So it's kind of interesting when you're a value investor to find a stock that where the company's doing well, the sector's doing well, the industry's doing well, but yet you find that stock undervalued temporarily, okay? So, so how do you balance that, Larry? I mean, when you've got uh, you know value versus uh, growth, where do you? I mean, how many of what to the other? I mean, when do you sell? When do you buy? I mean, that's kind of a, I guess, an intelligent question for somebody like you who is a financial planner. But the rest of us, like, eh, what do we do? Well, that that is the question, Chris. That is one of the questions when you're looking at your asset class performance. You know, mm -hmm. so so you're you're basically saying, how do I know? How do I read the tea leaves? I got all these tea leaves laying out there. How do I know if I should be on the value side of things or on the growth side of things? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Value typically tends to do well in an initial recovery from a recession. But guess what? That didn't happen this time. Okay? Value also does well when we have high productivity, high uh, gross domestic product, high GDP, high earnings, high inflation. We don't have that now, do we? We don't have high GDP. We don't have high inflation. Whereas growth stocks tend to do well during low inflationary periods and low GDP. And that's what we have going on right now, okay? But there will come a point, and this is what I'm saying, is we're starting to hear this on Wall Street. We're starting to hear this on the stock channels and in the financial press now. Hey, there's going to be this great rotation out of growth and value. And, yeah, there will be. I was talking with a fund manager uh, uh, not, not too long ago, several days ago, and he actually said, buy some value stocks. Ten years from now, you'll be happy. But he can't tell me if the value stuff's going to snap back Three months from now, three years from now, eight years from now, but he said probably within 10 years it'll snap back. My point is that we're, we're hearing these conversations, okay, and we're seeing the market starting to pull back with all the big tech box stuff, you know, companies and things like that, you know, and, and this is a market correction because GDP earnings and stuff looks like the next few quarters are still going to continue to do well. It's just sort of a temporary uh, pullback in the markets because they got ahead of themselves, definitely. But keep your eye on the difference between value and growth, and it's important. We see people bringing in, you know, new prospective clients will show us their investments, and they've got a whole lot over on the value side, and they're wondering, the markets are going way up, but my stuff's not. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're sitting out there and you're going, hey, you know what? The market has gone way, way up and my mm -hmm. stuff hasn't. Guess what? Maybe your asset class selection is in the wrong spot based off of late recovery cycles, early initial recovery cycles, low versus high GDP, Demand low versus too, right? high inflation. This stuff plays out, and yeah. you need to understand what's happening in the markets and the economy as to where you're going to be putting your dollars. Let's welcome Fred on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Fred. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> Larry, uh, my question <clears throat> is <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, I, uh, I'm still – I'm employed in the federal government. I've been there uh, almost 10 years. Uh, I'm I'm 66 going on 67 this December. <clears throat> I uh I I just kind of financially recovered. I got out of debt just a few years ago outside of a mortgage. Uh I upped my TSP to 15% just this past year and then I added 5% to a Roth. I also picked up my social security. And one of my questions is about my social security. I have it going directly into a checking account. I, I don't really see any growth on it. I didn't. I just needed to put it somewhere, so that's where I had it go directly. <clears throat> I'm not really touching it. It's sitting there. It's growing. Uh, it's nice because uh, being single, being debt-free outside of a mortgage, it's been nice. I'd like to know if I'm paying 22% tax on it. I'd like to know if there's something I could move it to that would give me a little bit of return or the other question, the other thought was, um, if I stay employed for three more years, I could double up on the principal on my mortgage, which is just under a hundred thousand, and I could probably have this thing paid off. Uh, Lord willing, I <laughs> I live to seventy, and uh, and and you know turn the money that way, which wouldn't be all of it, by the way, all of my Social Security. It would just be, and, and I'm budgeted really where, especially now with the, uh, I'm not furloughed. I'm on. Uh, safety and uh, weather leave. Uh, I've just been basically managing, you know, my my, my, uh, my budget is, I, I'm within my budget. Uh, so, Fred, so. Fred, you threw a lot at me there, and, and oh, I know. <laughs> three or four of the items that you, that you talked about, you, you, you're, you're a perfect candidate to do a financial plan. We need to do a cash flow analysis. You, you've got a mortgage you want to pay off. You've got investment money you're not happy with. Where should I rebalance things? We need to look, at, and you're a few years away from, from punching the retirement number. Or, or yeah, button, and I'm I should in say. school, by the way. Oh, well, congratulations on that. We, 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 we need to run a financial plan, a cash flow analysis, and model okay. out a handful of different scenarios that you just talked about. Um, I, what, what, what I need to do, I'm going to go ahead and send you out our financial planning toolkit and, uh, okay. Bob will get some information. We'll have one of our advisors follow up with you and start you down the road of building out a cash flow analysis with all different scenarios. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold. I appreciate the phone call. Thank Bob you, will pick Larry. up in just a second. Absolutely. You have a great weekend, hey, Fred. Appreciate the phone call. It. Yep. You all too. Right. Well, you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. Um, uh, lots of calls today. That was lots of fun. Uh, you can catch me next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Between now and then, go visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. 
Sign up for our newsletter. It's free. If you'd like to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit, we've sent out thousands and thousands of these over the years. No charge for that. That'll help you sort of address the line what in the sand of, of, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road and how do things look from there? Um, but uh, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 during the week, and we'll have to, happy to send you out any financial planning educational material that you'd like. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, again, working those boards there for us all, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.